This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, mic check, one, two, one, two. I got Yamu on the couch. What it do, what it do? Hey, this is Yamu from the West Coast of Africa. Musically know the smiling coast of Africa. I'm a data scientist, and I analyze data, and I do real estate. If you're looking for millions, this is where you go to. <laughs> that was so bad. That was so bad. That was so bad. Oh, no. Um, I'm a nerd. <laughs> we are still celebrating the new year, you guys. We are in 2024, yes. and we are having an amazing time. 2023 was great. Welcome to another New Year edition or episode of the Full Transparency Podcast with Donnie Wiggins, where we have a whole lot of fun getting to know entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship, but not just completely about their business, but I want you guys to get to know entrepreneurs the way that I get to know them as well. Um, today's guest is really, really, really special to me um, because I had an opportunity to meet you a couple of months ago. Um, I've been working with you for several months, but I got an opportunity to work with you to meet you in person a few months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to we're going to tell this story. <laughs> right. Um, and I want to. Uh, introduce you guys to one of the most excited and sweet entrepreneurs that I have had the opportunity to uh, mentor, be a part of your journey. Um, your last name, Yamu, I'm not going to get this right. Yes. Okay. So I am going to let you introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. Tell us who you are mm -hmm. and tell us what you do. Yes. Thank you so much for having me here. Yes. This is amazing. Amazing set. Uh, thank you for the warm welcome. For everyone listening, my name is Yamundao. No one can say it in America. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm from West Africa, but everyone basically calls me Yamu for short, and my last name is Kamara. So Yamundao, if you want, with the African accent. Yamundao. Yes. I got. Oh, I mean, oh I can God. say it. Yes. I can say your yes. first name, yeah. but your 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 last name. It's, I'm always gonna say Camera. It's Kamara it's, it, or Kamara, and it's Kamara. 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 Mm -hmm. Yamunda. Kamara. Yeah. Yes. 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 I just didn't want to butcher it, so I wanted you to give us your name the right way. But mm -hmm. we affectionately call you yeah. Yamu. Mm -hmm. And um, let's talk about what you do. Yes, uh, I'm a data scientist for mm -hmm. CDC. Mm -hmm. I'm also a statistical programmer for LabCorp, which I left one year ago. And I do real estate. So I buy cheap distressed properties, fix them, furnish them, and rent them to travel nurses, business professionals, insurance company, And I also do some properties for Section 8. Oh, wow. Wait, let me get this straight because mm -hmm. I don't think I knew that you still have a job. Yes. I see one for CDC as a data scientist. Wait a minute, you guys. Wait a minute. This is about to get interesting because mm -hmm. before we get into this episode, what you have to know is that Yamu uh, earns seven figures from her real estate investments, mm -hmm. from her real estate investment portfolio. She's generating over $80,000 a month mm -hmm. uh, cash flow mm -hmm. just from those properties. But in addition to that, 
Um, she is now generating over seven figures yes. um, from her mentorship program and mm -hmm. uh, courses and things that you sell to teach people to do yes. what you do, which is why I'm like, you still have a job as I a data do. scientist? I do. Okay. <laughs> we have to talk about, yeah. um, uh, why are you still working? A lot of you ask me that. Like, mm -hmm. I love my job. Mm -hmm. So I'm a nerd, if you can tell by now. I love maths. I have a bachelor's degree and master's degree in information systems and mathematics. So the work that I do, it's not just like work. Like I work for the department CDC that does infectious disease. So mm -hmm. COVID, uh, influenza, that's all in my team. And I'm the only one in my department that does data analysis. Mm. So everyone else is a lab scientist. So I love the fact that I get to change the world. I analyze all data for all 50 states. Yeah, all lab, uh, 50 public labs in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So every Friday I do send data to all 50 states. So it's amazing work and I love what I do. Okay. Yeah. Do you think there will ever be a point where you're saying, okay, my business is just doing so well, mm -hmm. I have to put in my resignation? No. So my the work that I do, I can do it in my sleep. So it's not like I have to sit down on the computer mm -hmm. in and be there nine to five. Mm -hmm. Like if you're in computer programming, I can, so let's say COVID happened. Yes. They want me to create a program that's going to be able to contain all that data, analyze, send reports and all of that. I could take two weeks and mm -hmm. work on that and I don't have to do anything for six, seven months mm. except click of a button and the re report is generated. Yeah. So it's different if you have to sit in the office and, and I work from home. Okay. So I don't have to be in the office. I don't have to sit nine to five. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I can do this in my sleep. I could take a weekend and create a program. If something happened again, maybe they want me to create a database that would do that something. I can do that in my sleep. And it's also a six-figure job, high six-figure job. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah. Like, when you get your paycheck, mm -hmm. um, it pales in comparison to what you're earning yeah. as an entrepreneur. Yeah. 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 And you're still like, this is, it, it doesn't matter because yeah. this is what you love to do. Yeah. It's like free money, basically. So I don't, sometimes I get in trouble a lot for not putting my timesheet because I forget. So we go for months without putting my time. I still get paid, but you have to do it for the system. Mm -hmm. And then I check and it's like 400,000 there. I never touched it. Wow. Because the money is piling up and I just got promoted. So every year I, I will get a promotion. Does your company know that you're an entrepreneur as well? Does the government know, you mean? <laughs> That's a good one. Think they don't? I don't know. <laughs> but do your supervisors know that, um, like, do they know that you're really, like, walking wealth? No, I don't think so. I think one of my coworkers did see me on TikTok. I was like, it's just you, and I just blocked him. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That makes so much sense. Um, I haven't worked at a job for an employer since 2014, wow. but it became so difficult for me to stay employed. Mm -hmm. um, it was easy for me to leave, but well, it was easy for me to want to leave, not necessarily easy for me to leave uh, because I had this like trauma attached yeah. to if I quit this job and my business doesn't go well, yeah. you know, I've let go of this job and I won't be able to find a job like mm -hmm. that so easily. Mm -hmm. Um, but there just came a time where I started to make so much money as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, like my influence is raising on Instagram. Um, you can kind of tell that, you know, yeah. things are a little different. Yeah. Um, 
And I started to get a little bit of resentment mm-hmm. from the people in my, especially at a supervisory level, yeah. because yeah. I now I make more money than you. Like I'm here because I want to be here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm working with scientists. I don't think they're that busy with, uh, especially the lab scientists. They're not. This is a senior level ones. Like, I don't think they're on TikTok or Instagram at all. Yeah, yeah. So. Do you know I went to college for chemical engineering? No way. Mm-hmm. Did? Yeah, I used to work in a lab. Wow. Um, I went to school for chemical engineering. I did not graduate. However, mm-hmm. I was such an amazing student that during my internship, uh, the company that I worked for uh, offered me a position mm-hmm. to come on and work full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I did not accept it because the last year that I interned with them, I just had to have a conversation with myself. Yeah. Like working in a lab. Did you a, like it? Working in a lab as a black woman. Yeah is not easy tell me right you're in there with all these white coat white men yes who like to highlight your blackness oh yeah but not always in the most respectful way Mm -hmm. um i was objectified you know a lot that's me all day Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm kind of before it used to hurt a lot. I like I have to fight. I have to like speak up. And now I don't. So at CDC, like I'll go to work. So now hundred percent working from home, and I'll just go here and there if we have an event or something. I'll go. I'll be in the elevator before before the shutdown, and someone's like, "Oh, where are you from?" Because when you see me, you know I'm not from here. How did you get here? And then one of the my coworker who's who also black would say, "Oh, she went like she would give them a whole." my bio oh she got a scholarship met president obama studied at northwestern got another full scholarship mm. and now she's a senior data scientist and i'm like why do you have to she said because yes and i was like because said, we do yeah and, they were, and say it one more time <laughs> she got a scholarship yeah she met president obama, obama mm-hmm. graduated from northwestern mm-hmm. and is here probably outworking the majority of the department <laughs> okay because we're going to highlight your black excellence yeah. First of all, I have to stop real quick and just say this, you guys. <laughs> I'm low-key disappointed that we didn't talk about your episode in advance because I want to be dressed like this. <laughs> I am so captivated by your beauty right Thank now. You. you are stunning. Thank you. Well, you you this is what 45 looks like. This is what 45, 45 looks like. But it's about you right now. Thank you. you are, I mean, the way that you're this is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer bronzer is highlighting off of your skin (laughs) this smile like this complexion this this tell me about what we're wearing right now so this is a traditional senegambian outfit Mm -hmm. so it's mostly west african so you find this in mali senegal gambia i'm from gambia ivory coast uh liberia guinea okay yep mali okay so it's a traditional mandinka outfit okay all the places that in world history, I had to find on the map, yeah. like to pass my world history <laughs> test. Oh my God. Have you Can, been to Africa before? I have not been to Africa, mm-hmm. and I hear that it annoys people who are from Africa mm-hmm. uh, when Americans say, I want to go to Africa hmm. because Africa is a continent. Mm. 
and it's like where, where yeah. in Africa do you want to go? Go to West Africa first. Okay, tell me more. Where do I because I really want to so I want to take my mom and my daughter yes. to Africa. Mm-hmm. Next, well, no, actually, I want to do it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, later this year, tell me where I need to go. And Jesus Christ, the flights, yeah, are insane. It's long. Well, the price, I'm okay oh, with the, the price, long flight. The price, you might, you might want to book way ahead till December, like in the summer. Everybody wants to go, and like, because the Afrobeats now, it's all over the place. Like everybody's obsessed with oh. Afrobeats. So. During that time is where ev- everyone goes. Like all the people that are abroad wants to go and chill out during that time. So you want to book your tickets way earlier. <laughs> okay. Of the year. What month do I want to do this? So if you want to go in December, around December, you might want to book around February. So I need to go in December? Yes. Okay. That's where everybody is there. Somebody that's, take that's notes where on this. Where, where can I go mm-hmm. where I can go to multiple places? Yes. Okay. So if you go to Gambia, you could go to Senegal. If you okay. go to Ghana, you could go to Nigeria as well. Mm. So I would say try West Africa first. We are the bomb. And I know the East Africans are going to come for me in the comments, but <laughs> <laughs> West Africa is, is the nicest place. A friend of mine went to Africa um, in 2021, and we found out, at least so we think, and I want you to correct me right here on the spot, that mm-hmm. We had been saying the name of Tanzania wrong, mm-hmm. and it's actually Tanzania. Tanzania. Tanz- Tanzania. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the accent. So mm-hmm. if you're from East Africa, you say Tanzania. Mm-hmm. If you're from West Africa, you have a different way of saying it. How do you say it? I would say Tanzania. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Because that's Someone a little say different. Tanzania. Yeah, it's a little different than how we learned it here in the United States. So I want to make sure when I'm going that I'm respectful and I'm pronouncing all of the names correctly. You're from West Africa. Mm -hmm. How did you end Like, tell me about growing up uh, in West Africa, Mm -hmm. because I got to find out how you decided to get here, take advantage of what is literally Mm -hmm. the American dream and build this empire. Let's go. Of course, let's go. So I, I, my name is Yamu. You guys already know. Um, I'm from a small country called the Gambia. It's about two million people, so it's okay. really small. It's surrounded by Senegal. Actually, it used to be one country, mm-hmm. and the French colonized one side, and the English colonized the other side. So okay. we go to school, we study English. Senegal, they study French. So it's basically the same country, the same everything. Small com, com uh, same country, the same people, the same everything. I grew up with a. Um, I lost my parents when I was, my mom when I was two, and my dad when I was 11. Oh, wow. And we're seven siblings, and I'm the last one. So my sister, African culture is basically, let me, let me explain the culture. It's different. Like, okay. So you might hear in the story, like, whoa, that's wild. No, that's not wild in Africa. So my sister has to get married to take care of us because my dad was really old. So did you lose both of your parents to age, like natural causes? So my dad, yes. Okay. But my, my well, my dad was sick, but my mom, I, they couldn't tell me she was sick too. But they couldn't say what it was. Like, you don't have the you know the means to say it was this or that. Mm-hmm. You get sick, you die. They bury the same day or the next day. So it's not like here you do autopsy and stuff like that. But the, from what the symptoms I've been told, I think it was cancer. Mm. That's what I that I think. Okay. Nobody talks about it. They just say. Person is going, it's going. Yeah. But yeah, so my sister had to get married and take care of me and my brother, who's like five years older than me, mm-hmm. uh, four and a half years older than me. So we had to go live in extended. Fa- so in Africa, we live in extended families. Mm-hmm. So let's say 
you, let's say your dad has four wives, right? Mm-hmm. And each of the wives have kids. All of them are going to be in the same house. Mm-hmm. The cousins. So the brothers, your stepbrothers too, when they get married, it's gonna, they're going to build a home in the same compound. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be cousins and generations, 20, 30-something people in one house. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we yeah twenty thirty something people yeah, in house one I house. Group, group it's about thirty something people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I I she she raised us with my brother. So we have to move from our village to their village with her in laws village. But we kind of related because it's the same tribe. Okay. So I grew up in that family. It wasn't easy. It was a lot of abuse. You know. You were abused. Oh, every type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By family? <laughs> well, family, yeah. I would say I would say distant family. Cause mm-hmm. So when you grew up in an, a family, that ha- everybody has the same last name except you. So obviously what you know you don't belong. Mm-hmm. But it was, known, it was clearly told to us that you don't belong several times. So my brother, when he became a teenager, he rebels a lot. For me, education saved me because I love school. So that was like my outlet. Was that like, did you love school because you got a chance to get out of the house, out of that home environment? No. So I was loved more at school because then I get praises. Teachers like, there goes the smartest girl. So instead of so instead of me getting that love at home, I'm getting at school because the principal is depending on me to put the school name on the map and stuff like that. And the teachers are nice. So when my uniforms are torn or they're too, like, worn out, some teachers will buy me shoes, some will buy me uniforms. Mm. So, like, I get that love there, but I'm not getting at home. So, so because of the abuse, I pee in bed. It's called bed weather, I mm-hmm. think. And for some of you that know about abuse, you know kids that are abused usually uh, do, um, kids that, kids that, um, oh, my God. <laughs> no, go ahead. Kids that are abused normally have some kind of... I'm going to cry, so I'm trying not to cry so my makeup doesn't come out. Because you're stunning. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you d- deflected me from the crying, which yes, is great. Yes. But yeah, so I would pee in bed, and I wasn't allowed to sleep on the bed. So How old were you? About, as long as I can remember, about six, seven. Okay. So, like, age eight, I remember a lot of the abuse started more like I started notice before it's like normal because I was a kid but then at age eight nine I started see well this is not done to the other kids mm. it's done to me so for example when I pee in bed they beat me so that wasn't working so eventually they said somebody told them well how about you try this so what they did is called all the kids my age on the streets on different all the other houses mm-hmm. and I woke up in the morning and they're all the kids that I play with all my friends and they all have broomsticks Broomsticks are like we use it for sweeping. Mm-hmm. You probably will. Uh, some of you m- probably know what broomstick is, mm-hmm. and they give them all broomsticks to hit to beat me. So some would pour water on me, and some would beat me, and then I'll have like all the brooms um, stickers in my skin. I'll be bleeding. Were you the only person in the home that were being abused like this? Yes. Like you were? Is it because you were the youngest? No, no, no. There were there were kids that I was older than. There were also girls my age. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. Why you? I have no idea. But now, guess who's taking care of who? <laughs> 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 but, yeah. So, the, that's how it started. But it continued until I was 26. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. I know. So, were Physical you considered by the age of 11, 
are you because this is at the age now you've lost both your parents yes um i know that your sister Mm -hmm. took a husband yeah to provide Mm -hmm. so you're not necessarily an orphan or are you an orphan no so my mom died when i was two so we were living with our dad right Mm-hmm. Then my sister had to get married because my dad is really sick. So while I would leave my sister, my dad was still alive until I died, until he died. So mm-hmm. when I, we would go visit, me and my brother would go visit mm-hmm. him at the other village mm-hmm. until he passed away. Then fully we're 100% um, orphan. So I would say some people consider orphan as when your father dies. So maybe I'm orphan at 11, not 2. But some consider as when your mom died, you're an orphan. Yeah. But in Islam, like I'm a Muslim, when your father passes away, then you're an orphan because your father's supposed to be taking care of you. Like, so that's how they look at it. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're being abused from mm-hmm. age eight, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that age eight is when I realized this is not right because I'm the only one. This is being done to just me. But your father is there. Is he too sick at that point to he's really? Old, he's sick and he doesn't know. Remember, I'm living with my sister, so nobody's okay. not. Even my other siblings don't know because they don't yeah. live with us. So they actually, my brother knows now and he's saddened about it. He's actually going through therapy. How old are you today? I am 34. I'll be 35 in March. Okay. So this abuse continues until you're 26 years old. Mm-hmm. So you're recently... In the United States. Yeah. Okay. I've been in the U.S. I uh, came in 2016. Okay. Yeah. So so when I say it continued until I was 26, what, what happened was one of the kids from that family was, it's a teenager, wanted to attack me or something. Mm-hmm. So he tried to fight, fight me mm-hmm. and his dad beat me. So anybody was allowed to beat me actually. So yeah, he and I was the manager the breadwinner of the house, and I was promoted at work. I was the manager, technical support at my company, the company that I work for, and I'm the breadwinner. Imagine, I'm paying all the bills. Okay, well, wait, wait. <laughs> So you went to Northwestern? Yes, so I went, no. So back home, I did my bachelor's there in computer science and mathematics. You did it in Africa? In Africa, yes. Okay. And then I got a job. So in my final year semester at university, I started a nonprofit organization called Girls in ICT. So I teach girls how to write computer codes because I was really good at it. And I was one of like few girls doing computer science. Mm-hmm. So we have universities uh, abroad in the UK that would send uh, scholars to come and teach us in the summer. So intense programs. So I was really good. I picked up computer science and I continued with it. So when I started a nonprofit organization, that's how the whole Obama started. So when I graduated, as before I graduated, actually, I got an internship. So when I finally graduated, I was working as a software engineer for okay. a company there. So you're bringing all the money. Yeah. I was, I was getting paid like four-something dollars. That's about 16000 back then. That's a lot of money. Four dollars an hour. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically. But that was, that was a lot of money. And I was bringing that. And. They beat me so much that I went to work and my, 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 my boss was like, who are you fighting? And I was like, I wasn't fighting. I fell. It was like, you don't fail like this. And he just laughed. And I went to the bathroom and I cried because they didn't know I was going through that. But even my friends don't know. When I go, go to school, when I close, I just go to one of my friends' house because I just want to get home and lay down. So I just go to my friends. I hang out, do assignments, help them with stuff before I go home. Yeah, and then a few years later, I got the scholarship to come here. Okay, well, wait, how old are you when you get the scholarship to come here? Uh, 2016, how old How old would I be? Maybe 20. So that, 
that was eight years ago. Yeah. You're how old again today? I'm 34. Okay. So you're about 28 years old, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Um, did we do that math right? I, no. We did it right, no. 26, 26. 26 years old. You're about 26 years old. Yeah. And you get the scholarship to come mm-hmm. here. Yeah. To get your master's. Yes. Okay. So so the scholarship, before I got the master's scholarship, so with the the company, the nonprofit organization, Girls in ICT, I teach girls how to cope. It mm-hmm. kind of blew up, and people keep sending me this link and say, you need to apply for this. This is for Obama. President Obama started this program which uh, brings um, influential African youth Africans that are doing something in their countries mm. to the U.S. Okay, so now it's making sense. Yes. So you're applying to be a part of a special organized fellowship. program, a fellowship. Yeah, presidential guest. Okay. So I was like, oh, I don't know what, what I'm doing. I can't compare to, you know, the people that went through this program, people that are fighting, like, doing stuff like war, helping in the war and stuff like that in their respective countries. Some FGM, female genital mutilization, they're fighting in those things in their country so i'm like those are the people that are supposed to get this kind of scholar not me with my it mm-hmm. so i was i didn't really want it to apply i was like well it's free so i applied and i and, I, and we went to the u.s embassy for the scholarship and the interview mm-hmm. so i keep going from one phase of interview to the next and i was like oh this looks like i might get it but then i was already looking because i was like this abuse is too much i need to get out yeah. So I was like, okay, started applying for universities already, but I can't afford them. So I was looking for full scholarship. Hey, hey, are you a service-based entrepreneur that helps your clients or customers get some type of result, but you're struggling to post and communicate your message on social media? You don't know how to type a caption that connects and gets people's attention and converts them from just someone who's following you on social to becoming your customer or your client? Great news is that's my superpower. So I'm sending you three text messages every single day, excluding major holidays, directly to your phone of exactly what you need to post to get people to buy and convert them into clients and customers. All you have to do is join my program, Post to Paid, and you can do so by texting the words Post to Paid to 404-737-2767. And the best news is just $37 a month. So hurry up, send me the text. I'm looking for it now. The university from... University of Illinois also sent me the application, say, uh, the confirmation that you got the scholarship. Wow. Yeah. So you get you get approved, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you're excited. Very excited. And now you have to leave home. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of times, well, you're an adult at this point, but, you know, it's like children, even in abuse, still find a way to love and respect yeah. the people who have, who are abusing them. Yeah. So the feeling for you, the emotion, mm-hmm. when it's time for you to leave, did you know that you were leaving for good at that point? Yeah, I know. I know I was leaving for good. So so in my culture, you're betrothed to somebody before you before you even, like, start walking. Say that word again. You're betrothed. I think I'm saying it right. So, when, like, okay, Donnie, you're going to be married to this person. Okay. It's done. It's a daunting. Arranged it's, marriage. Yeah, arranged marriage. I think it's called betrothed or besorted or whatever. Okay. But there's a word for it. So, yeah. So I already knew who I was going to get married to, and I didn't want to get married. I was like, I want school. Like, I want better. Wow. How did you wait? Because typically with arranged marriages, mm-hmm. like, they're just waiting for you to be teenage Yeah, my age. aunties. My auntie. My auntie was fighting for me because the school would tell him, you don't want this kid to go through this like she's the smartest in the school she's the this and I kept going from so basically you grade nine like 
I don't know, 13, 14, you stop school and you start looking for, you start preparing to get married. So this for, is real life. Yeah, this is real life. This is not, this is real life. It's it's done deal. By seven, I already know, oh, that's going to be my husband. Wow. Yeah. And this is usually a man who's significantly older than you. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you knew you were being groomed and prepared. Yes. To be this person's that's wife. That's the right word, groom, yeah. But your aunt. Yeah, my aunt keeps saying, my, I keep telling my aunt, so I'll go to her. Because keep people, so there are people that can tell this person is going to be something. There's like, enough, like this. I'm the only person from my village who graduated from college. So it's like, she made it to high school. She's very smart. She doesn't take first in just the school. She takes first in the region. Yeah. There's, there's something there, right? So mm-hmm. she would go and beg the elders. By elders, I mean the men. So she would say, hey, I think, you know, let's just, since we're not paying out of pocket, she's getting scholarship and she's moving from, you know, primary school, now high school. She wants to go to university. They're like, no, it's time. He's going to go get married, a second wife, and we want her to be the first one, not the second wife. You know what I mean? He was definitely going to marry multiple wives, but they wanted me to be the first, and then there will be a second. Mm. So my auntie was like, let him marry his first, and she could be a second when she's done. And then the Obama fellowship came, and I was all over the news. You're like, I'm the- getting the heck up out of here. I was like, you guys don't know what I'm planning. <laughs> now, when you get all this attention, mm-hmm. does that not just increase the pressure to get you married? Like, yeah. we got to get her married. My bride price went up. Your bride Ooh. price went up. Te- what? Mm-hmm. What, is- <laughs> what was your bride price before, Yeah. and then what did it go up so to? So my bride price would have been, you know, a goat. And some colonnade. I don't know if you guys know what colonnade is, but it's a knot that we use for ceremonial stuff. So we use it a lot for, you know, wedding, funerals, marriage, or, you know, you want to apologize to somebody if you offended them. It's just, it's very significant. So maybe a goat and, and a few colonnade, maybe white ones and red ones. But then The I, cost of you was a goat? Mm-hmm. And well, some nuts. Yeah, that, at least I went to junior high, so the, the goat was good. Some do get a piece of land, farmland. So when you become this now sensational, this international scholar that's being recognized for all your wit and genius, your bride prize goes up. Yeah. To what? Yeah, they were they were put. Uh, so it was supposed to be a cow. Some farmland and extra stuff. I, I didn't dwell into because I was like, I'm not going back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I filed for, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say it. I filed for, what's the immigration status that you file for to, um, to get your green card, but asylum. Okay. Yes. So I had to get my asylum. I filed it myself. Oh my gosh. And you're old enough to do it in the United States. Yes. So you didn't need anybody to, yeah. to approve that for you. No. I noticed you're married. Yes. Um, you would have been that person's second wife, mm-hmm. first wife, first wife. <laughs> but because you were waiting, yeah. they were trying to at least say second wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're married. Um, do you now that you live in the United States, mm-hmm. are you an advocate of multiple wives? That same mm-hmm. philosophy? No, no, I'm not. Like, so if I say I'm not, then I'm going against my religion. Mm-hmm. But people use religion to play with their culture. They use culture to play with religion, vice versa. Mm-hmm. So they will pick on what the religion, what they want from the religion to make them feel better. For example, in the Quran, it says you can marry four wives, but only if you can love them equally and take care of them equally. Mm. Can you do that as a man? 
Mm-hmm. Can you love them equally? Can you treat them equally? So there was, j- so it's a- actually this is what I would say: you can marry up to four, but only if you knew. If God says only if you knew one is best for you, but you say, ah, oh, yeah, okay, but I'm gonna still marry four because you know <laughs> you can't you can't be equal. You can't love them equally. You can't take care of them equal. So they just pick what they want and mix it with culture, and they just brainwash you with it. Mm. But yeah. I married my college sweetheart. <laughs> uh, is he American? No, he's he's from my country, but different tribe. We met in college in my calculus or differential equation class. So what if he said, I can love you equally? Oh, no, he's not into it. Too. He's not into oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I love this for you. Oh, yeah, I love that. I'm not even worried. <laughs> yeah, no. I love that. How long have you been married? Uh, Six years now. Six years. Mm-hmm. You married your college sweetheart. Yeah. You know, um, there is this show on, I think it's Hulu right now, called Black Cake. Oh. Have you seen it? No. It is about a, a black woman mm-hmm. who uh, is growing up in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And a very similar story. Mm-hmm. I think everybody should watch it to kind of get a visual of what Yamu is talking about. Um, but she is an expert level swimmer. And her father is preparing her to come into the United States mm-hmm. and swim this race and all this good stuff. But he loses his, his business. Mm-hmm. His business is doing very badly. He takes a loan from this loan shark, can't pay him back. And ultimately, the loan shark comes and says, Pay me with your daughter. Yeah. I want to marry your daughter. Yeah. And they go through with the wedding. Um, but on the day of the wedding, um, he's killed. Yeah. And she flees and has to assume this other identity. Um, she I was, need to watch that. You need to watch it. Yeah. Okay, because I'm telling you the whole thing. Yeah, but you're still going to be super excited. Yeah. Um, but she had this sweetheart in Jamaica mm-hmm. who was the love of her life, who he had the opportunity to go to university in London Mm -hmm. and um, she lost him. You know, she had to disappear Yeah, and they end up finding each other. She got the love love of her life. So I'm not going to give you, I told, I told everybody a freaking story. (laughs) I'm going to watch it. But my mom made me watch this on Christmas day and there's eight episodes and I watched maybe six of them at my mom's house and I didn't want to watch them. I don't want to watch this movie about immigrants who did all this stuff. Mm -hmm. This isn't real life, you know, and I go home that night and I finish watching it. And now I'm sitting in front of you who have, who has such a similar story. Like, This is not just in the movies. This is somebody's yeah, real life. Even with that story right there, like you owe somebody, you can you you probably can't pay them the piece of land. It, they will say, "I'll get one of your daughters," because they usually get four or five wives and they have multiple kids, and they will just say, "Oh, we'll just give you this man," and oh could be older guy, yeah, very very old. Could be a father's age sometimes. Yikes! Yeah. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. It's very sad. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but you're here now. I'm here. And so you're 26 years old. You get to the United States. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you see and think about the world. It was, it was shocking because first getting in a plane, you know, Mm. and then going to Northwestern, seeing everything in Chicago that I've never seen. And then meeting President Obama like this, that was I was like, whoa, I was like, I cannot, like, it was, it was amazing. And then I met a lot of like dignitaries in the process. And then I had to leave and come back. So, so I had two visas. I had a presidential guest visa and I have the university visa. So I had to leave because you can't use, you can't come in one visa 
and then continue with the other one. So you have to leave the United States, whether I have to go to Canada or somewhere. I don't know mm-hmm. anywhere else except African fee. So I, I went back and came the next day. The on next the flight, day? The next day. Because my aunt just tried not, not everybody. They didn't know I was here. Wow. So she's like, oh, when she comes, then we can do, then she can go and get mad. But then when I got there, I got there, we left uh, D.C. on Friday. Mm-hmm. So we met President Omar on the 1st. Mm-hmm. Then left D.C., I think, I, I, I might be missing a day, but it was a Friday. Got home in Africa. It's uh, nighttime, evening time on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And Sunday morning, I was on the flight to come back. You were like, I am getting out of yeah. here. I didn't, I didn't even take my clothes. I left everything at the university here. Okay. At Northwestern University, they, the coordinator that was coordinating the whole fellowship, I yeah. was like, hold my bags, hold everything. I only took what I was giving my sisters and her kids and stuff. And then I just fly back. Wow. I want to make sure we don't, they, they hear every piece. Take your mm. mic for me and tilt it. No, no, no. 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 Just tilt it like this yeah. in front of like your mic. Okay. Yes. I love this. Okay. So now we're at Northwestern. Your mm-hmm. life is changing for you. Yes. You are um, a part of this fellowship program. Mm-hmm. You do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you have this great job. Yes. How do you now take an interest in real estate? Yes. So real estate, taking interest in real estate goes back to me, my childhood. So when I was, when I was living in Africa, as a child, I because I wasn't allowed to lay in the beds, even though there were beds, and guests would come and they would sleep on the beds, but I wasn't allowed. And all the other kids, of course, would sleep on the bed. I would go to the shopkeeper on the junction, and I would ask, the shopkeeper would give me boxes, like cartoons, mm-hmm. and I will cut them in rectangular shapes, and I will sleep on them. So I will wait till it's almost dark, like 7, 8 p.m., and I will go to the shopkeeper, and he will give me the boxes. So he already knows. It's like we have an agreement, but we don't talk about it because I'm embarrassed. So I will take those boxes, and I will sleep on the floor. So when I sleep, when I mean floor, I don't mean like floor here. I mean like floor, like sand. Wow. So I'll lay down and on the wall, like at night. So I will get, I'll go to the, like the trash or something. Like we, we throw all the trash in one place. So you can go, kids can go and pick up dirt stuff and put them together. So I'll go look for touch light, you know, touch light and batteries, used batteries. Mm-hmm. And I'll use it at night. So when the bugs are like biting me, I had a lot of bed bugs and different kind of bugs. So I'll wake up at night and I'll just put it on the wall and kill them. So I'll t- turn on the touch and kill the box on me when it's unbearable and I'll sleep again. Is that the flashlight? Yes, the flashlight. Okay. So right. I can see the box so I can kill them, right, mm-hmm. from my skin and also on the wall. And those are the times, like, imagine me being 11, 12, whatever age that was, thinking, hey, when I make it, like, when I grow up, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to study so hard. Because, you know, everybody's like, you go to school, you do great. You know, you become something. So I was like, when I make it, I'm going to buy a house. I can't. And I used to, like, admire my friends that have homes. So I'm obsessed with my friends that have parents and they have homes. And I see their beds and I see their toilets. Because their toilets is like the toilets you flush. My toilet is different. It's like a hole in the side and you just do it there. And cover it up. No. So it's a hole inside. You just do it and cover it up and go. Wow. So I used to be, man, get some tissue. Okay. <laughs> Makeup is messing up. <laughs> is this okay to talk about? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, can I take a break? All right. Yeah. You still look beautiful. Don't worry Thank about your you. makeup. Thank I know that it's it's so tough, but 
Your story, Yamu, and your journey is so important and it's so inspiring. I am learning things about you that I, I wouldn't have imagined. You are sitting in front of me looking like a queen, like royalty. And when we see this sometimes, we never know what the story is behind the person that has the life that they have today. And what you're doing, what you've done with your life and what you're continuing to do with your life will literally change so many lives. You sharing your story, I know it it triggers painful memories for you and painful moments, but you're saving some little girl who's being abused right now. You're saving somebody who's living in poverty. You are giving so many people hope with your story, and Thank I'm just you. so grateful that you chose this platform Thank to share you. with. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, around those times, during that time, I always wanted, I, well, I knew I wanted to buy one house one day. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be 47 later, but yes. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, so sorry for crying. <laughs> because of your obsession with people mm-hmm. who have parents in homes, mm-hmm. you start to look at real estate. Yeah. How'd you get into it? Yeah. So when I, um, when I graduated from college, I was looking for, you know, Internship. So when you graduate as an international student, you have to get your visa um, sponsored by a company, meaning the company say, well, we'll sponsor your visa to get a green card while you work for us. If not, you only have one year and you have to leave. Mm -hmm. So I was applying every kind of job, like interviewing, writing all programs, you know. If you're an engineer, if you're in the tech field, you know that when you're uh, applying for positions, they give you a life quote, meaning they give you a question right here, like a difficult question, and say, quote, life, why they watch you. Okay. So they see how you solve problems. They test you on the yeah, spot. Yeah, so I did multiple, and I, I wasn't getting the jobs. Like, like sometimes I would get the job, and they would say, oh, sorry, we can't apply, we can't sponsor your visa. Mm. You know, or sometimes a job, the pay is really low, and I know how much they're paying. So eventually I got the CDC one. I didn't even know. The recruiter I was working with didn't know. I didn't know that I didn't know it was CDC. It just said classified. Okay. I just did the ex- the the test, did the interview, mm-hmm. and in the final round, they said, "Well, the director is going to be director of your de- the department is going to be there. So make sure it's quiet. It's this, it's that." There was so many rules, and I was like, "It's just a job. I've done this multiple times, and I know how to solve these problems." And then after the interview, first it turned out really bad because the apartment we were living in, the person that does the lawn decided to do the lawn that day. So everything, the noise, everything, and they just told me no noise, nothing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, this is going bad." So I moved. It's like it's fine. I said hello, you guys. They said yeah, go ahead. So I was like, after the interview, I was like, I'm not gonna get this. <laughs> and then the next day, they emailed like, the recruiter call. Say they loved you so much. They want you to start. Send me your green card. I was like, I don't have a green card. He was like, wait, what? You don't have a green card? I was like, no. So he hang up. He's like, I'll call you back. So he said, I was like, oh, I'm, that was the job. Yeah. I'm not gonna have that job. Then he said, well, they loved you so much. They said they don't care. So. Wow. Yeah, so I got I got it that way. Okay. I got the job that way. So before before the job, fast let's back up a little bit. So okay. before the job at college, so I had a, a full scholarship, mm-hmm. right? So the scholarship I study, I I, wait, I 
analyze the, uh, the university's data, the student data, and they waive my tuition fees. Mm-hmm. But I then have to pay the other bills. Okay. But the tuition is 100% paid off. Okay. And I get a $1,000 stipend. So in the stipend, I have to pay $500 for student insurance, which is very expensive. And I have to pay all the bills as well, boss pass and rent. So I have roommates, like I have two roommates. So what happened is the owner, the, one of the students, their parents would buy them homes in their name and, give, and their, their child would stay in one unit. And then the, they will rent out the other units, mm-hmm. the other uh, the other uh, bedrooms. Mm-hmm. So I was the one, one of the ones that are renting and other friends. So I was like, this is a cool idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, this is a good idea. I always wondered of buying a home. If I'm ever going to buy here, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to rent out the two units. So I started researching real estate a lot. I was like, when I get a job, I'm going to do this. But yeah. I was like, I know I can't, it's going to take a while. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about credit or anything. So that's how... I was like, okay, I know about buying homes, but I didn't know look at it as an investment. Because mm-hmm. then me and my other, so so instead of the 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 student renting one bedroom or two bedrooms, they're renting per mattress. So what they do is they will have us and Indian students. I I was in class with most Indian because I did computer science. We will bring our mattress and we'll rent out. So in one bedroom, we'll have four mattresses. Okay. So they were basically ten times ten x. So it's a dorm room. It's like a dorm room. It's like a home with a, three bedrooms. Yeah. But it's like a dorm room yeah. because there's like four beds. Yeah, in okay. each room. So they were making a lot of Crazy money. money. Yeah. So I was paying like 300 and something dollars. Mm-hmm. So imagine what others are also paying. And the mortgage probably not even up to $1,000. This is, yeah. you know, four genius. years, five years ago. So I was like, this is genius. I want to do this. When I... When I get my job and this and this, I'm going to do that. So when I got the CDC job, I saved up my little money and I was like, I'm ready. So I was looking for houses here. I was like, there's no way I can afford a house here. Mm-hmm. Let me look where I started. So I started looking outside of Chicago, smaller towns. At this time, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening, you know, try mindset changing, you know, listening to things that's going to, you know, empower me and help me and inspire me. And I just listen to different stories. A lot of people will say, you know, work with local banks, do this, do that, start with a small uh, property, you know, walk your way up. And that's what I did. So my first property I found was uh, 52,000 triplex and I had 8,000 at that time. It was a $52,000 triplex. triplex, and you had saved $8,000. 8000 yeah. My okay. down payment was 8000 on that fifty two. but it there was a there's a huge story. Do you want to hear the backstory? Let's hear it. <laughs> Did you have credit that you were already building? No, no. Okay. so this is why. I wanted to give you the backstory because I didn't know anything about credit. I was in the university life, school, home, school, home, study, okay. that's it. So when I wanted to uh, uh, start investing, I called the bank because they said everybody says on YouTube, Call the local banks, work with them. So I call all the local banks in that city, and none of them, like some of them, we just hang out. Some of them, when they hear my accent, they don't even know what I'm saying. And when I tell them I don't have, they was like, well, what's your credit? I was like, I don't have that. I have a debit card. They was like, no, you have to have it. Mind you, I'm working right now, but I don't even have credit because I don't know anything about credit. Mm-hmm. So one of the banks got to listen. The lady uh, got to listen to me. Now she's the vice president of the bank, and I get to work with her, and my mentees also get to work with her. But she listened to me, and she was like, I know you, I can feel your passion for this business from the phone, but you don't have a credit. It's like you're a newborn. You're just here. You just got mm-hmm. your social. It's like you're just born, so you don't have any credit, no history. Yeah. What I will do is go get a Discover card, and you say you work for CDC, right? Go and get a secured line of credit or whatever. Secured uh, credit card, I think. Oh, yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll go do that. He said, do that and come back next year. 
But at this point, I'm information overwhelmed. Like I, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with reading. So I read all the books. I bought books. I listened to podcasts. I'm ready. So I was like, I can't wait. Let me find a deal that they're not going to be able to resist. So I still went ahead and did the whole credit stuff, got the credit cards, kept them going, put light bills on it, everything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't wait till next year. I want to I wanna do this now. So I was like, let me find a deal and bring it to them that they cannot say no to. Bring it to the bank. The bank, yeah. Okay. So that's what I did. I found this deal. The owners are going through a divorce, so they wanted to sell and just settle. Mm-hmm. So it was it was actually worth ninety something thousand, but I bought it for it was listed for sixty something. Now it's worth ninety something thousand, but I it was listed for sixty something thousand. I got it to fifty two. I went on a contract without having any money. Okay. Any money. And then I presented to the bank and I say present by putting the numbers, analyzing because I'm really good at numbers. So I analyzed, put everything, and I sent it to her. So because I already got her email, we've been communicating, and she was like. We can't, and I told her, this is my credit. I printed everything from the credit report and everything, and I sent it to her, plus the details on the property and the numbers. And I said, this property is already rented, all three units. This is how much it's going to bring. Even if the one, even if only one tenant pays, mm-hmm. I'll be able to cover the mortgage because the mortgage is only 300 and something dollars. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and the rent's here for two bedrooms, 750 multiply that by three. Yeah. So I was like, well, okay, I'll look at it, and we'll get back to you. The next day, she was like, yeah. The underwriting team wants to, wants to do it. And we did it. And fast forward, 47 doors. 47 doors. So mm-hmm. I don't want to go that far forward. Mm-hmm. You get this first property. Mm-hmm. You close on it. Yeah. It's cash flowing. No. It's not cash flowing. Everything went wrong. Okay. Everything. Tell me more. So the numbers, the agent lied on the numbers. The agent that I was working with, the property manager also lied. So everything was wrong. Lied about what? Lied about the numbers. So... One tenant had already left or almost about to leave. So it wasn't as occupied as it you thought it was. It wasn't as occupied. Okay. And then the basement unit tenant was it hasn't paid for for years or months. <laughs> so they told you what they're supposed to supposed be paying, to, yeah. but they weren't paying anything. No, there was no okay. money coming in. There okay. was no money coming in. And that makes sense that the reason why they wanted to get rid of it right away, sell it for that cheap price and move on. So everything was wrong. And then... <laughs> It, it was so bad to the point that I have to use my own, like my everything that I have mm-hmm. to put it on that house. So what I did was I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go through this strategically. Like I'll take the unit that the tenant just left, which is in a good shape. And I'll just do the little thing, cleaning and get a tenant in. I did that, have a section eight tenant. So one unit's rented, mm-hmm. right? And then COVID had already happened. This is April of mm-hmm. 2020. So COVID had happened. And then the tenant downstairs in that city, they were doing um, relief funds for tenants who are behind rent, mm-hmm. right? So we applied. So I applied with the tenant and the money was sent to my property manager then. Okay. So they will give they gave us like about eight or seven or eight thousand dollars to 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 us mm-hmm. because of their rent, right? The rent mm-hmm. or relief. So that's what I used to do the other units and then have them rented. Okay. But then another problem came, the property manager. Since now it's cash flowing, he's taking the money. So he would give me receipts of yeah, he would give me receipts from like Minas low receipt of Hey hey, CEO Donnie Wiggins here, and I am so excited to announce 
my new mentorship group is dropping. You may have already heard about it, but I wanted to, I wanted you to hear it from the horse's mouth directly from me. My new mentorship group, Actionable CEO, for entrepreneurs who are interested in professional growth, personal growth, and financial growth. You want to learn from me. Y'all have been asking for this for the last three years, and I have finally brought Actionable CEO back to serve you every single week, direct mentorship for me. You will also hear from other people who are in my community that I believe will be greatly impactful to you. You're going to get behind the scenes. We're going to be spending some time together live. This is not pre-recorded. This is live mentorship. So if you are an entrepreneur and you want to be connected, feel connected, you want to elevate your brand, you want to elevate your life, you want to elevate your level of success, Actionable CEO is for you. ActionableCEO.com. See you there. All the property he's mighty and say, oh, this maintenance happened or oh, this maintenance. So the money was. Oh, the so mon he's frauding. Yeah. yeah so he's Section 8 is fraud. paying. Yeah. Section 8 is paying. Yeah. I know because I see the email and everything. But he's but, giving you these false receipts. Yes. Work that he did somewhere else. Yes. And saying this is your yes. fee. Yes. And now your profits are going to him. Yes. For everything. some falsified yes. repairs. Yes. Yes, that's what was happening. So so everything that could go wrong in a real estate project was going wrong. Mm. Like you're cash flowing, but you're not really cash flowing because the money is not coming to you. Right. But I was like, this, 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 there has to be something wrong because in the receipts, I'm detailed person. You already know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to check. I follow up on landlord groups. I joined the city landlord group and I asked the landlord, would a contractor charge this much for this square footage? And they would say, no, this is, like one contractor did my whole flooring for quarter of the price of he this. He took advantage of yes, not being yeah, yeah, American. Yeah, out of state and mm -hmm. not American and being black and, you know, all of that and naive and, you know, young because I was really passionate about it. So I was like, you know what, I'm a fine because he kept saying this contractor, the contractor, and he would say the contractor's name. So I've heard the contractor's name multiple times. So I was like, well, how many names of that can you have in one city? I'm going to do the science. I'm going to find this person. Mm -hmm. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling up, baby. I'm I pulling up. <laughs> I found him and I called him and he's like, who's this? And I explained everything to him. He's like, well, I'm on the roof right now, roof work right now. I get up at this time. You can call me then and we can talk. So I talked to him and I was like, hey, I'm, you know, introduced myself and I said, I own this property so and so. You worked on it before. He said, yeah, I worked on it before. It's a good property, blah, blah, blah. Before it was issues, but now everything should be fine to go. And I was like, can you, if I send you receipts, can you tell me if this is like the work you did? And I told him everything. He's like, no, this receipt is for that property. Because he, he does maintenance for, that for the, the same, other, property for the other properties too. He said, this is for this property. This is for that property. This is for that property. I was like, thank you. He said, he's an old, older guy, mm -hmm. honest. Sometimes you meet these honest people. They're like gems and you, yeah. they don't want anything anything they don't walk for he's that yeah. type of person and he's like i don't mind doing a three-way and confronting i'm confronting yeah i don't i don't mind but let me know and i was like no that'll be fine i fired him and i called him and i was like would you be interested in working with me if i get another property he said yeah that man has made me millions we he works 100 percent full time for me now wow that's how i met him I love yeah. this. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So now mm -hmm. you've identified the property manager mm -hmm. is taking your money. You got rid of him. Mm -hmm. Now you are cash flowing. Yes. Well, profiting. Yes. From the cash flow. Mm -hmm. And you say, I want to do this again. Yes. 
Okay. Yes. So I was like, okay, where else can I find a deal this great? I've been scouting the same city. I'm not finding this deal because those comes once in a while. Like how many people are getting divorced and selling their homes, right? Yeah. So I need to find those distressed properties or prop or, or uh, uh, motivated sellers. And I joined these different podcasts that, you know, like bigger pockets. And I see uh, that. Cleveland, everybody's talking about Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. It, like all the investors mm-hmm. from California coming to Cleveland, buying for cheap and cash flowing really great, like 10 times their money, getting their income back. So I was like, okay, I'll look for Cle- Cle- Cleveland too. So I introduced myself in the Cleveland community in the bigger pockets. And I said, hey, my name is, you know, I'm bold. I introduced myself and I was like, my name is so-and-so. I'm a new investor. I'm looking in Cleveland area. Where should I look? What should I do? And at this time I'm cash flowing. And the bank, I contacted the bank. And it was like, this, your numbers look great. Whatever you're ready. Let's do it Let's again. Let's do it. And I was like, okay, my minimum is 10 grand. So I need to save a 10 grand. So everything, sometimes I don't get paid yet. And I say, today's Friday. So when I get paid next Friday, that's going to push me to 6,000 saving. Okay, the next one I'm going to get there. So I'm always calculating everything I have. I'm putting it back. Okay. So I found, I found this community and I reach out to different people, different agents there. And I start looking for properties. The, the, what, there's this guy who's an expert investor in Cleveland and basically he tells you what areas are A areas, B areas, C areas, like neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. But he's a white guy. And this lady there who's also an agent say, well, they were going back and forth in the bigger pocket saying, you are labeling the black community at the D and F. You shouldn't be right. Don't in, don't tell her what she needs to where she needs to invest away. I was like, oh this person feels like knowledgeable and is very passionate. Let me reach out to her. And then I did, and I worked with her. So I started looking for properties in the areas that she suggested. And I found this property for 68000 duplex, brick house, all renovated. Person, yes, all renovated. Yep, this is 2020. So the owner buys homes from uh, auctions and has a construction company. And she mm. fixes them. She's a black lady, too. She fixes them, and then she sells them. Mm. So I bought it from her, already tenant-occupied, already cash flow. I presented to the bank. They said yes. Wow. Yep. I put 20% down on a 68,000 prop, 68, property. So remember all the people in the group that were telling me, don't buy in this area. It's a D area. It's a yes. C area. Yes. The same people, I see their card. You know, when somebody sends you a card in your mail and say, we want to buy your home. Mm-hmm. The same people, no they want to buy it for one sixty five. dollars No way. $165,000 they want to buy it for. I wow. bought it for $68,000. Wow. That's how you know your properties like, do not sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when y- right now it is you're, you're buying and holding. Yes. Your first property. Mm-hmm. Um. This property you renovated and did what with ultimately? Did you rent this out as well? It's already rented. It it's came already rented. Occupied. Yep. So, so do you focus primarily on purchasing real estate that you can get at a great price, mm-hmm. low cost of repair, mm-hmm. and you're you're wanting to hold on to the property? Yes. So okay. when I started, it was just a section eight because it's COVID time. I want to get my money in the first of the month instead of struggling, especially being out of state. If the tenants don't pay, what are you going to do? And the property manager can't do anything, and you can't evict anyone. So I primarily focus for one year, just Section 8. I still do Section 8. But then 2021 happened, you know, Airbnb booming, short-term rental, mid-term rental. I was like, hmm, I should do that too because I'm already a landlord, and it's happening here in Atlanta. So I started with in Atlanta doing arbitrage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, instead of doing arbitrage here, how about I take all that cash that I'm getting now and buy in my in the cities that I'm already invested Explain in. Explain arbitrage to yeah. someone who's watching that doesn't know. 
Yeah, so arbitrary basically means you go to a landlord who always has a property and you rent a property from them and then you sublease it. Okay. Yes, so you rent from them, you furnish it, and then you rent it out mm-hmm. to maybe a guest or vacation person, somebody who's here for vacation, and then you take the difference. Okay. Yeah, you pay them the rent and you pay it. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, okay, let me do that in Atlanta here because everybody's doing it here. So I, st- I did that as well, plus the income that I'm getting on those properties. Mm-hmm. And then I started buying my own in the smaller cities that I invest in in Illinois. Okay. So so you don't buy. buy any properties in Atlanta. Oh, now I do. Now you buy properties yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah, now I can afford Are it. you getting good prices? Yes. Are, I good buy de- are, you f- are there good deals? Great deals. Right now? Great deals. Because okay. I buy in Savannah, Savannah, mm. Georgia. Okay. Because then all the movie crews, because I'm doing midtown rentals, the movie crews will rent for eight months, one year. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of movie crews. The nurses will rent. Businesses will rent for their for their um for their contractors or their or their employees for months. And yeah. I don't have to worry about bills going high and they pay me. Insurance companies would pay me twelve, thirteen thousand a month mm. on on a property that if I rent a market rent, I'll get three thousand for. Yeah. And I know this to be true. Mm-hmm. I um before movie productions started moving to Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was here in oh. Atlanta mm-hmm. and 2013 to 2018, I owned a property management company mm-hmm. um, where I focused specifically on athletes or movie productions. And mm-hmm. so they want to rent. I did the arbitrage method as well. Mm-hmm. They want to rent uh, property for their cast, yes. property for their crew. Yes property for their directors, Mm -hmm. things like that property for their assistants and, and, you know, supporting team. Mm -hmm. And sometimes for your cast, especially if you get like a a high budget production. Um, I remember renting out this town home in Buckhead, Mm uh, for $10,000 a month. It was furnished. Mm -hmm. I rented it for $10,000 a month Mm -hmm. and turned around and rented it for $35,000 a month to the production house um, for for their cast members. That's amazing. But that happened over, and, and I was working in a condo building at that time, so I used to focus on um, finding private owners inside my condo unit, mm. my condo building, who maybe they were struggling to keep up with yeah. the, because it was, you know, a, a high mortgage. Yeah. Um, or people who had started having families and they want to now rent. Yeah. I would do the same thing. I'd talk to them and be like, hey, we get movie productions that come in all the time that are looking for secured living in like high rise lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Can I rent it? You know, if I could get you X amount, can I rent it? And I would tell them like, I am going to overcharge whatever your minimum need is and keep the difference. Plus you're furnishing it too, right? Yeah. Sometimes they were, sometimes the deal will be so good. Yamu, they're already furnished. Oh, that's awesome. But then other times um, it was furnished. uh, Other times we furnished it and I didn't even, have to do that Mm -hmm. i had another partner who owned a furniture company um and not like a business partner but someone that i partnered with Mm -hmm. to provide the furniture so i didn't even have to worry about that my my job was to find the renter Mm -hmm. find the property Mm -hmm. and then connect all the dots. yeah Mm -hmm. for me my goal was to own always been owning but i wanted an influx i wanted to tap in because arbitrage was hot I wanted to take all that money and buy my own properties, and that's what I was doing. So all the influx, I got about, I think, eight or 
Eight, yeah, about eight arbitrage units in Atlanta and all the cash flow I was getting, I was buying my own properties somewhere else out of state and I was repeating the same model. So everything, I was keeping it. So I multiply. I started buying package deals. So package deal basically mean buying maybe five, ten properties in one deal, in one transaction. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would do. And my contractors would just keep fixing and flipping, fixing. So I used How to on earth do you find a package deal? Yeah, connections. Connection, right? These are typically unlisted properties? Yes. Okay. Off-market deals. So most of them, I'll find them on, you'll be surprised, on Facebook landlord groups. Mm. So for each city that I'm investing in, I'm in the landlord groups, and I will connect with the person that's the most active. Are you in these groups yourself yes, now, or do you I have am. other people who are in it? No, no. I My team is in it, and I'm in it too. Okay. Yeah, but I, now I have uh, wholesalers that will send me deals, but I'll, I'll just make sure... I'm in the right places, so the wholesalers will reach out to me. Now I don't find deals, they find me. Mm. Yeah. So you're not necessarily wholesaling. You work with wholesalers. No, so I work with wholesalers. They bring me deals. I'm the investor. They bring okay. me a deal. I buy the property. Mm -hmm. They make their profit. I turn around, fix the property. My team furnishes it before I used to travel and furnish it. That was hard. But now my team furnishes it. My contractors do the work. They know exactly how each so if the exit strategy, meaning if it's Section 8 property, they know how to fix it mm -hmm. specifically. If it's a midterm rental, they know how to fix it. If mm -hmm. it's going to be using, we're going to do three uh, short stays, like three days, stays four, they know how to furnish that, fix it as well. So midterm rentals and short-term rental fixing will be different from Section 8. Sure. Right? And then my team will furnish it as they're going. So that's how it, go it grows. Yeah. So you don't really focus on the only long-term rental you do really is Section 8. Yes. You're not like just trying to go buy a house to rent out for 12 months at no. market price. No. You're so, looking for either Section 8, which overpays typically. Yes. Um, and then you're also looking for um, production companies or anybody who would mm -hmm. need a short-term rental that's willing to overpay yes. because it's also furnished. They don't have yeah. to worry about any of the details, mm -hmm. utilities included, all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. So right now I have a huge contract with a solar solar company back there in mm -hmm. Illinois. So the solar company, they're fixing all the solars in that region, like central Illinois. And I have a contract with them about 20 people. Mm -hmm. So I'm hosting all 20 of them for two years. Wow. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about the clients. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And now I'm pulling this up. Mm -hmm. Now you teach people yes. how to do this. Yes. Let me tell you something, Yamu. You have caused quite a stir uh -huh. on my social media page. Oh my God. I am looking for this post real quick because, y'all, <laughs> okay, hold on. Where is the freaking post? Is it on Actionable CEO? Um, hold on. Let me get it. Did you tell them I'm Actionable CEO? Yeah, so I think I told them in the beginning. So you guys know that I have a mentorship community called Actionable CEO, where I work with entrepreneurs to develop them uh, professionally, personally, and financially. Mm -hmm. And basically what that means is I come uh, in weekly and I teach strategies and principles um, that will help you to become a better entrepreneur. I'm looking for this post at the same time. I don't see it. Can somebody just tag me the link? Okay, um, I teach entrepreneurs actual strategies, but the strategies are not always how-tos in your specific industry. Yes. Sometimes they are overarching how-tos that apply to uh, all industries, right? Things that you can do, habits that you can change, mm -hmm. habits that you can implement, practices that will help you to be more profitable, books that you should read to yes. make you work just a little bit harder, yes. right? 
And so let me tell y'all about yourselves <laughs> because Yamu is an actionable CEO. And I made this post. Y'all see this? Y'all remember the oversized pink oh, blazer that they were talking about? Somebody was like, well, what's up with the oversized blazer? I was like, if I have to explain it, then you didn't get Listen, the point. <laughs> somebody literally said, I don't trust her because her blanket, her uh, blazer is an oversized pink blazer. So I want you guys to see this post because I posted this and the post did very, very well. And I cut Yamu off a lot in this conversation. And instead of focusing on the story that we were telling, telling yeah, everybody was focused on the fact that I didn't really let you do a whole lot of talking. And I want to, I want to explain this for just one we second. We talked for a long time. We <laughs> talked for a long, let me tell y'all this. And you've probably already picked this up. Your girl, Yamu can talk, yes. honey. Yamu can talk. And so what happened was on this particular video, I had just spoken at, a conference mm -hmm. for Miss Skittles. You yeah. were in attendance of yeah. this conference. Mm -hmm. And when I got off stage, Yamu comes to the back and she's so full of her. Oh my God, Donnie, I'm so excited to meet you. I am one of your actionable CEO mentees. I have been in your group since the beginning and you helped me make millions of dollars and blah, blah. Oh, you helped me make a million dollars and da, 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 da. And I'm like, wait, 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 slow down. What did I do? Like, how did I help you? do this and she's telling me all these things that I'm going to let you tell. Mm -hmm. But because we had talked for a long time and there was so much energy, yeah. my assistant then comes over. She sees us talking and she sees your excitement and she's like, wait, 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 do that yeah. again real quick. Yeah. I, at this point, my feet hurt. Yeah. I have to use the bathroom. I had to. And I had another engagement that I had immediate. I had to immediately get to another engagement so to recap what was happening here, I kind of controlled the conversation mm -hmm. because we, we I couldn't do we another 15 minutes. We yeah. had to go. So for everybody who said, Donnie, you didn't get to, t you didn't let her tell her story. I wish they followed and me and see how I talk on my page. I'm not the type to shut down. Like She is not going <laughs> to tell. She's not going to give you the cliff note version, people. <laughs> so I invited and I had already invited yes, before this. Yeah. Um, I had already invited. I said, Yamu. You got to come and sit on the Full Transparency podcast um, because your journey, number one, is so inspiring. But not only have you made seven figures, multiple seven figures from actually investing in real estate, mm -hmm. but you've now made seven figures from teaching other teaching. people how to do it. Yes. And that day you credited me for uh, being your mentor yeah. and helping you along the process. Mm -hmm. Can you tell your story? Yes. Okay. I'll shut up. <laughs> so, so I started February doing mm -hmm. so before. So when I started posting my journey, so my, my contractors that don't rework, they would send me pictures and I'll post it. So I've created a whole page just for me to call myself accountable. So a lot of people reach out and say, hey, how do you do this? But how do you manage them? I don't say, well, how do you get this contract? And I give them feedback and they'll come back and say, I did what you said and this and this, I'm closing. And I'm like, I just start charging people. I, eventually, I because I'm passionate about it, I was taking so much time for my time just to help people. Mm -hmm. And then somebody said, well, how much 
much would you pay, charge me if you want to just hold my hand and do it? And I was like, I'll charge you. How much would you pay? It was like 2000 I was like, you pay me that much? So I started that way. And then I started charging 5000 So I had a couple, like maybe five, seven people that I would do one-on-ones. But it was so exhausting because I gave them to call me any time in the day. Mm. Some of them would call me at 6 a.m. Like they will call me anytime. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is exhausting. So I was like, I need to find a way. So I follow all coaches, people that do coaching. You included, plus social proof of guys and other coaches as well. So I follow coaches to see how they're doing. I'm like, I need to do group coaching too. So now when I was done with those mentees, that's when I started doing group coaching. I first started in February, right? Mm-hmm. So I started charging 2000 for uh, group coaches. And then... I want it like after the program, they'll say they will tell me literally, you need to increase the price. Like you give you you give us everything in this program. And I have a high return with uh with the clients. Like the mentees success rate is so amazing. You can check my page on it. But then I was like, I don't know if I increase the price, it's going to work out. So I've been following you before you even announce, you know, the uh, actionable CEO already. Mm-hmm. So pricing. I always go on 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 um on uh, so that you and uh, David's the podcast, we did on, and, yeah, mm-hmm. about pricing or social media stuff, and I will listen to those and say, "Ooh, should I increase my price right not?" So when you announced that you have uh, an actionable CEO, I was like, "I need to join." But at that time, you you already had I think one month already started. Mm-hmm. So when I joined, you already have lessons there. So the ones that I listened to, one of them about confident about your pricing, and you know, if you're giving value, you need to be able to if you actually confident what you do you should be able to charge and people respect you more if you give value and you match the price because you're giving so much and i'm like okay i'm gonna go ahead and increase the price to three thousand okay and then that happened and then it so i was making like 200 students what so my first one was like 90 something students or 80 like less than 100 and then i started over a little bit over 100 then i had 200 students and i was like this is overwhelming so when i increased the price i got 118 but i was making exactly the same amount when i increased the price and the quality of the students increased i was like this is less you know mute yourself do this it was just low maintenance and i was like this is amazing so that's what i was saying after that increase the price i crossed over a million right away and you yeah. see in the screenshot so for those of you who are doubting i did make the million and yeah. she did help me <laughs> <laughs> and and this is so important because um honestly i did not even know yeah. that that was your experience until we met in person yeah and I'm, I'm hoping you would have told me by now in the group uh, if we had not met. But we we happened to meet that day. And she's like, I came. In fact, you told me yeah. I bought a ticket to this event mm-hmm. just to come and tell you in person that this is what you've helped me do in my business. And I think it's so important as people are talking about coaching programs and mentorship programs. Um, there are so many coaching programs that aren't really helping people get results. And then there's this other mindset that people have that I have to have one-on-one help. I can't come in and uh, be in a group setting or I can't come in and listen to the recordings and Mm -hmm. get results. But you, Yamu comes in, (laughs) she's a month late into the, well, it's not even late. You join actionable CEO whenever you want. But she comes in and she finds the information yeah. that's relevant to you at that time. And mm. it's like, I need to take my business to the next level. Yeah. But pricing is holding me back. I don't have the confidence. She comes in and she basically finds the specific lesson. Mm-hmm. Applies. Apply everything. Everything that I that I suggested to do. Mm-hmm. And 
business. Yeah, the books, the confidence, the first book actually. The yeah, monk, the, uh, monk who, the, the monk, monk who, who sold, sold his, his Ferrari. Ferrari. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So everything I read, like, uh, so this is the thing. I want it. I'm I'm not a business person. Like I wasn't. What I studied has nothing to do with business at yeah. all. So. I had to have a coach to help me. And I know the business was going to scale, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to scale it. Like, yes. I was like, okay, I know some people are charging more. And I, like, based on my results and my testimonials, I need to increase it. But why am I not confident enough? Mm-hmm. And I'm actually offering free Friday classes as well, just, mm-hmm. to, just to make it sweeter. So you say, oh, it's expensive, but you can get the Friday class too. But that too, I'm taking time from my time. I didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so everything I learned, I go and apply in an I'm a I'm an execution like I'm a person that executes yeah. like I just I you take, take action yeah I rather just take small information execute than take read the whole book yeah and then not do it so I just do one chapter go apply that if that works then I go keep going if it doesn't work what went wrong I'm a, I'm a problem solver so I I work that way yeah 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 I think um I think Yamu is the first actionable CEO that we've interviewed on full transparency. Yay. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and it was it was honestly your energy that did it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many people in the group who have made more money mm-hmm. since learning the strategies that I teach and the mm-hmm. principles that I teach inside of Actionable CEO. Every single week I say, uh, drop a one in the chat yeah. for me if you made more money since yeah. being an Actionable CEO. And the chat yeah. goes crazy. You yeah. see it. Um, but it was just, you are literally passionate yes um and and you have taken your story something that is tragic your upbringing is tragic the things that happen to you are awful um and you you represent what i represent which is being a voice of hope yeah like suffering through because you know one day it's going to be different for you Mm -hmm. and having the confidence to share your story to say, I grew up in poverty by the age of 11. I was basically an orphan. Mm -hmm. I had this prearranged marriage on the horizon. Mm -hmm. I was abused every way possible, but I'm going to leverage this story as painful as it obviously still is. Yeah. I still have PCSE. Uh, yeah, Andrew. I'm going to leverage this story and I'm going to do something different with my life and, and use it as an example mm-hmm. of what is possible, even when it feels like you're dying on the inside. Mm-hmm. I love your story so much and your energy. Thank like you. you went through some stuff, Yamu, and you have this excitement mm-hmm. for life that is just beautiful and inspiring. We just filmed an episode of the Social Proof podcast mm-hmm before this episode that you and I are doing right now. Mm -hmm. And I said that um, I am often asked what motivates me and keeps me going. And I have more discipline than I have motivation. Mm -hmm. I am honestly not always motivated to do stuff. And I talked about in that episode how um, I saw the Renaissance documentary with Beyonce Mm -hmm. And this year in 2024, it's my Beyonce work ethic year because I was so motivated. My style of Perry. Oh, yes. I was so motivated by her commitment to being excellent and her commitment to being great 
that motivated me. And I don't find motivation often. I find inspiration. Mm. I find reasons. But I don't always find motivation. You motivate me. Aw. Now you're about to make me cry again. You motivate me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank How you about so that? <laughs> I'm mentoring you. Yeah. But your story motivates me. And you only have little bit of the story <laughs> and I only have a little bit of the story yeah yes mm-hmm. I love what your life has become thank you and I am excited for what it is becoming yeah this mentorship community that you have mm-hmm. do you think you can create an affiliate link for us to to honor our members and I saw that oh, how does that work like what do I do we'll talk about it offline okay um, but by the time this episode drops, mm-hmm. we will figure out how to create an, a, an exclusive link okay. um, for anybody who watches full transparency so that you guys can work with Yamu. Now, I have to say this mm-hmm. um, before I don't Yamu. Yes, is a part of my community. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I always recommend anybody that we talk about, you know, that we always say you do your due diligence. Yes. OK, you do your due diligence. And then if you like what Yamu is about, what mm-hmm. she offers, how she teaches yeah. um, and the results that you've yeah. helped other people get, then you do business with her and just say thank you, Donnie, for <laughs> introducing us to um, Yamu. But you do your due diligence yes. first. Yes. All I, right. I will say this. Right. When you follow me, don't. When you follow me, <laughs> don't buy anything. Don't subscribe. Just go over, wait a month, two months, whatever, and just check out the testimonials. Yeah, get comfortable yeah, with you. Yeah, check out the testimonials. Ask those students and see how it goes. I love yeah, that. And you do that. Do that for everyone too. Do that for everybody yeah. across the board. Yeah, do your research. Yeah, do mm-hmm. that for everybody across the board. Um, and I love that you said that. Like, don't don't feel pressured to buy right now. No, I'm not. I'm going to spend the, some time with yes, me. Yes. You, if you spend some time with <laughs> yes. me, you will see that You'll this is see. where you need to be. Yeah, And I saw you step by step of how everything's done. Like yeah. How I'm doing it. So I'm actually doing it every day. Like I'm buying right now. I'm renovating a 12 unit apartment. Mm-hmm. So the process, everything, every daily updates is posted there. Mm. And my mentees also do posts as well. Yeah. And don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Dropping gems. Don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. Mm -hmm. I might say that. And I don't know if I'm going to give you credit for it. No, I'm joking. No, no, it's, not. <laughs> it's not yours? No, oh, you heard it somewhere else, I heard too. It somewhere. I'm over here talking about it. I'm going to steal it, and you stole it. I stole it. Now I stole it. Now it's all mine. Now it's all yours. Yeah. Um, shame, shamelessly, I'm going to ask you, because you are um, one of the mentees inside of my actionable CEO community, mm-hmm. uh, would you recommend it to others? Obviously. <laughs> I did, actually. I actually did to all my friends. Yeah. And some of the uh, um, uh, uh, mentees that I have that actually have coaching uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have one. She's a, a model in New York. Mm-hmm. Her name is Zinga. She's a friend of mine. When I started um, uh, the bigger podcast, like joining Invest in Real Estate, she was one of the ladies there. And she was this is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
like she's black and she's a model. I connect with her. She she contacted you. I think she spoke to Bree. She wanted to do the one on one first. Okay. Your um, what's the the VIP the day. VIP day? Okay. I don't know how it went, but yeah. I don't think. But she has joined Actionable CEO already. But she wanted to do a VIP day as well. Nice. We'll oh, yeah. make sure we get. In, I don't think I've heard about her, but we'll make sure we get in contact mm-hmm. um, with her. Yamu, thank you so much thank for being you. here. Thank like, you so much. By the time this, well, when you guys see this episode, we'll have something figured out so that you guys can um, work with Yamu as well. I'm going to try to talk her into a little bit of a discount. <laughs> okay, I don't know. If you if you go to her link and it's $3,000, I'm sorry it didn't work. Uh, that right. made me make it $3,000. <laughs> but if we can get just a little bit of a discount, I'm going to talk to her after this o- over and see yeah. what we can do, okay? Yeah. Um, also, her details are in the con- or in the description of wherever you're watching this video. So go and tune into her. Also, in this uh, comment section right now, drop your biggest takeaway from this episode. Let's do this, but let's also congratulate Yamu on her transition in life, going from four dollars an hour, uh, abused every kind of way to now being a multimillionaire, free, finding love that loves her the right way. We are so proud of you. Thank you. And I need y'all to tell her in the comments, like, we're proud of you, Yamu, Y-A-M-U. We are proud of you, Yamu. If you feel it as much as I feel it, let's show her some love and put that in the comments. Thank Thank you you so so much much. for being here. you? You can absolutely hug me. I know I'm from a tribe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're all from a tribe. <laughs> my my features are as African American or as African as to the root yeah. as they can be. Okay. Yeah. So I know that I am from um, a tribe, but I've never been able to identify. Did you do the DNA thing? No, I need to do it. You need to do it. Yeah. And I need you to spell that word for me. Mm-hmm. What's it called? What tribe? The Fulani. F U L A N and I. F U L A N I. Will you somebody send that? F U L A N I. I'm gonna look and yeah. I will actually. People keep telling me to do this DNA mm-hmm. um, thing. Lighter, I'm gonna. They have lighter skin mm-hmm. colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they have, they have big foreheads like big me? Foreheads. Big yep. foreheads. And they do this head wraps, so their foreheads hit them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, see, I and show my forehead. I'd be like, look. Yeah. You do have the forehead. I, you have the cheekbones, right too. All right, now. No, no, but all right it's now. cute. No, no, okay. it's nice. No, all right. Nice. No. No. Yamu. That's what they're known for. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nice. All right. We're going to check it out. It has been an absolute pleasure. And um, we will see you guys. Listen, don't forget, if you need mentorship, coaching, and development, hit me up. Um, all industries. It does not matter what type of entrepreneur you mm-hmm. are actionableceo.com actionableceo.com you get to connect with me you get to connect with other entrepreneurs like Yamu and there's so many amazing entrepreneurs and it's just $97 a month yes, and if you don't want to be held accountable don't join if you don't want to be held accountable that's that's for real Yeah. if you don't want to be held accountable do not join but if you're looking to take your life and your business to yeah. a whole other level 
bigger than you thought for yourself, mm-hmm. actionableceo.com. You guys, all the links, everything is in the description, wherever you're watching this. So I will see you next week. Bye. Bye. That was, that was so good. Thank you. That was so-